Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 401 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about your savings uh, and how eroded savings, right? Savings that's been spent, uh, that's you know gone away. How can we fastest uh, rebuild that savings uh, and get back to a place with our financial foundation that is strong uh, and that we can build upon moving forward. Because I know so many people uh, have had savings that's been depleted uh, either via loss of job, whatever going on during the uh, pandemic. But I want to help you to get back to a point uh, of financial stability. And we'll talk about all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, we all know the importance of having emergency savings. I'm not going to harp on that too much because I've just talked about it too many times. We know that it's important to have an emergency fund just for your own um, financial stability, just for the sake of uh, you know, your financial foundation being strong. Having emergency savings is extremely valuable. But what happens when you use uh, that emergency savings? What happens when that emergency savings goes away, then what, right? You may have worked really hard to build up to the point where you, where you actually had uh, some emergency savings, where you could actually uh, you know, feel kind of stable in your financial life, and then uh, you look up and that money is gone. And you know, whether you spend it on something legitimate or uh, you just you know, slowly spend it on things that you shouldn't have spent it on, right? Let's say it's gone, that's a problem, right? Uh, and it's a problem that needs to be addressed and needs to be addressed quickly. And so I want to talk about today how we can quickly address that problem. Now, only about half of all Americans, 53%, say that they now have more money in their emergency funds uh, than what they owe in credit card debt, right? This is an unfortunate side effect of the pandemic. And in some cases, this is what was going on prior to the pandemic, right? Uh, so, you know, only half of people having more money in their emergency funds than what they owe in credit card debt. So let me just give you a little um, pretext here. I suggest that you have ultimately four to six months of household expenses uh, in emergency savings, right? So let's just say that that were the case on one side, right? Versus credit card debt. That means uh, people are holding four to six months or more worth of household expenses as credit card debt, which is an outstanding amount. And if you know anything about credit cards, and hopefully if you listen to this show, you do, right? They are high interest, right? Um, they are going to cost you a lot over time. They're very dangerous uh, financial um, tools, right? Um, but they're the type of tool that can uh, cut your hand off if you allow it to, right? And it seems like some people are actually allowing it to. 
Now, this is especially bad for younger Americans with a large chunk of millennials and Gen Zers saying that the pandemic ate away at their savings. During the pandemic, millennials who range in age from 26 to 41 and members of Gen Z who are between the ages of 18 and 25 were among those whose savings took the biggest hit. Um, it, there was a bank rate survey uh, that surveyed more than a thousand U.S. adults in January 2022 and millennials were also more likely than any other age group uh, to owe more in credit card debt than what's in their savings. Now, um, that's interesting to me because uh, you would expect that, you know, the youngest groups, uh, that they would have uh, this big disparity in their financial decision-making. But it turns out that the millennials who just FYI are not that young anymore, right, uh, are those who really racked up the credit card debt. And I mean, obviously, the millennials are likely to have larger expenses than the Gen Zs are just based on their age uh, and their place in life. Um, so that part is not super surprising. But um, on the other hand, you have millennials who have been through financial crises, who have uh, been through some big major financial events before, but it seems as if um, you know we, me being one of the youngest of millennials, have not learned from it, right? We haven't learned uh, from some of those previous mistakes, from some of those previous crises. Nearly half of the Gen Z respondents, 46%, say that their emergency savings is less in 2022 than it was at the start of the pandemic, uh, while 43% of millennials said the same thing about their savings. So, um, you know, in this case, we're saying uh, that, you know, Gen Z's have had more of a decrease in their emergency savings than the millennials have, but it's pretty close. The results were even worse for younger millennials, right? Those between the ages of 26 and 32, that would be uh, my age cohort, right? 54% of them saying their emergency savings declined during the pandemic. By comparison, about 37% of Gen Xers uh, said that their savings declined during the pandemic, uh, as well as only 27% of baby boomers. Again, none of this is surprising. Those are older individuals uh, with more stability in their incomes uh, and more stability in their financial life in general. Now, that's a byproduct of the income disruptions that were disproportionately borne by younger workers during the pandemic, particularly millennials. Uh, this is Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate, right? This is what he said. Now, in fact, the Economic Policy Institute found in 2020 that Gen Z was the generation most likely to see its members underemployed or unemployed on account of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, let's let's not freak out too much about that. That's quite obvious as well, right? The, the youngest workers are going to tend to be the ones that are working uh, hourly jobs uh, or jobs that uh, corporations see as the most disposable. So it's no surprise that they would be the ones that would be unemployed or underemployed via the pandemic. Now, the Pew Research Center also found that Americans between ages 18 and 29, which covers both Gen Z and younger millennials, were among the most likely to lose a job during the pandemic, and they were the most likely group to be forced to take a pay cut. Now, not surprisingly for millennials, the decrease in their savings also coincided with an uptick in their credit card debt. According to Bankrate, 32% of millennials uh, say that what they now have in savings is less than what they owe in credit card debt. However, Gen Z and Gen X tend to be doing better than millennials in that regard. The Bankrate survey finds that only 23% of Gen Zers and 24% of Gen Xers are reported their debt exceeds their savings. 
Before the pandemic, millennials actually tended to save more and avoid debt better than older generations because they were coming off of an age uh, you know, around the, the dot-com bust and the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, but periods of income disruption or outright unemployment can quickly erode what savings that have been built up and result in credit card debt that didn't previously exist. And I think all this speaks to uh, the high expenses of the millennial generation, right? Uh, if they were doing better than older generations um, in you know this regard of having emergency savings and uh, avoiding debt, and yet, um, you know, it, it quickly turns on a dime when a crisis hits. That just tells me that uh, the crisis disproportionately affected them um, and did so in a way where they have really high expenses. Uh, they have, you know, children. They have uh, a bunch of things going on in their lives. They maybe own homes. They all these types of things, right? Maybe they push their expenses a little to the higher end. Um, and you know, when you do so. And then you know there's some disruption to your income, then it can really eat away at your savings and force you into debt quite quickly. Now, roughly one in seven households uh, have no credit card debt in the U.S., uh, but also don't have any emergency savings, which is a precarious situation in its own right because those households are more likely to have their finances disrupted uh, by a large unexpected expense. Right. So this again is just speaking to the fact uh, that emergency funds are they're valuable, right? They're useful. They are needed, right? They are required to have a strong financial foundation, right? So one in seven, one in seven households. So we're talking, um, you know, what's that? Less than 16%. So 14, 15% uh, of people, um, of households, they don't have credit card debt, but they don't have emergency savings either. So they are just one medical expense away uh, from going into debt. They're just one um, you know, emergency in general from going deeply into debt. And that is a problem. Now, to fix that problem, I want to talk about the fastest way we can either rebuild or build our savings up in the first place, right? Uh, because not only is it important that we have an emergency fund, we need to understand that if in fact we do use said emergency fund, uh, that we need to replenish it quickly. Not to mention if we've never built one in the first place, we need to build it quickly as well, right? I tell you in the financial action plan to build up an emergency fund. I tell you uh, to get four to six months of household expenses in uh, an emergency fund. And uh, in that particular part of the financial action plan, you kind of feel like you've made it, right? You feel like, okay, I've paid off debt. Uh, I'm budgeting. I'm maybe putting some money in my 401k. I um, you know, have a little bit of savings already, right? Why do I need to go fast? Why do I need to go um, and rebuild uh, my emergency savings so quickly? And it just goes back to that idea that so um, quickly can your emergency fund be depleted by some crisis or by some loss of employment or loss of income uh, or, or whatever it may be, right? So we need to be urgent about building up uh, our emergency savings. And uh, so I will talk to you here about doing so. So there's multiple things that I want to, um, you know, implore you uh, to do if you are in this particular place. Um, or, you know, if you're in a place where, you know, everything's good, and ultimately, um, you know, you have an emergency fund, all those things are good, you need to listen to this as well. Because at some point, you may need to use your emergency fund, which I'm not uh, telling you is a bad thing. I'm not telling you it's a bad thing to use the money that you have saved up for yourself. Ultimately, that is a good 
thing if used for the correct things because that means uh, that it served its purpose. That means that it did the thing that it was supposed to do, right? Let's say you have some big medical bill, you can pay it, right? Let's say that your uh, transmission goes out of your goes out in your car, or your uh, heating and air uh, goes out in your home, uh, then and you can just pay for that in cash. Then it did what it was supposed to do. But now you have a new job, and your new job is to replenish those savings. So when the next big unexpected thing happens, uh, that you can take care of it. Okay. Uh, so the first thing that you need to do in all of these cases, right, uh, when you're trying to rebuild. Uh, your savings is, and, and you want to do it as quickly as possible, right? Uh, is you need to reevaluate your budget. And this may sound obvious, but uh, quite clearly, you can't save any money if you're spending everything that you have. Okay. And a lot of us get into this uh, rhythm once we have built an emergency fund, especially, right? And once we've started investing and all these things, right? And we kind of loosen the reins on our budget a bit. And we say, oh, well, I can afford to spend money on this and I can afford to spend money on that. And we can do this and we can go here and we can all these types of things. And, and our budget just naturally, uh, it can get tighter and tighter because we loosen the reins a bit. Right. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with loosening the reins a bit. Right. But if we become asleep at the wheel uh, and we don't you know, realize all the subscriptions that we have and all the things that we're spending money on uh, or the things that we're wasting money on, um, then our ability to rebuild our savings over time can be hindered uh, because now, you know, you, let's say you spend money on, um, you know, whatever unexpected thing it may be, and you turn around and go, okay, let's rebuild that emergency fund. And now you see that it's taking a lot longer to rebuild the emergency fund. It's more difficult to rebuild the emergency fund than it was before. So you really need to evaluate your budget again. So uh, using a budget is always a good way to ensure you are saving money, but it's even more important when you're dealing with a financial emergency. Once you've depleted your emergency cash, it's more important than ever to make sure that you're spending responsibly and looking for more areas where you can cut costs. You need to look at each category and each subcategory of your budget to find where you can cut down on spending and automatically uh, see how much money uh, you can save in the next month and uh, so on in order to get the money that you need uh, quite quickly, right? So ultimately, uh, just understanding what's coming in and what's going out is really the first step in uh, being able to quickly rebuild uh, your savings because you can make the proper adjustments. But if you don't know what's coming in and you don't know what's going out, then there are going to be issues. Now, along those same lines, something that we can do uh, in order to rebuild our savings quite quickly uh, is to cut expenses. Now, this is not the exact same thing as reevaluating your budget, right? Reevaluating your budget uh, may mean that we're just bringing things back to the original bounds by which we set, right? Because uh, you can set different budget uh, goals, but ultimately be overspending in a bunch of different areas, and that can be a problem for you, right? Uh, but when I say cut expenses, I'm talking about taking things that were in your budget and now getting rid of them, right? I'm saying uh, take things that you would ultimately spend money on and say, okay, I'm not going to spend money on those things at least for some time, right? Uh, let's say you have some budget for, um, you know, buying clothes, right? Some budget line item for buying clothes. Well, maybe we cut this uh, line item until we can get our emergency savings rebuilt. Maybe you have uh, a budget line item for saving up to buy uh, a new car, 
right? Uh, well, maybe you cut that until you get your emergency fund built back up, right? Uh, you want to cut your expenses as much as you can, as quickly as you can, right? Uh, look at how your funds are dispersed each month and determine if there are a few more things that you can live without until you've reestablished your emergency fund. And that's that's the key, right? Uh, anytime you talk to people about cutting expenses or cutting their spending, um, that's a quick sign for people to just turn away and, and not pay you any attention because people don't like that, right? We don't like uh, to stop spending money on things that we want, right? Uh, but the key to all this is just until you've reestablished your emergency savings, right? Until you've got your emergency savings built back up. And then by all means, spend money on some of the things that you were spending money on before, right? But the problem uh, when you are in this place where you don't have any emergency savings um, is is immediate, right? The, the problem is right in front of us uh, and we don't need to continue just kicking on down the road things that um, we don't need, right? Expenses that we don't need to be spending money on uh, and just betting that, you know, something emergent will not come along because I promise you the moment that you think, oh, well, there's, you know, there's no way something emergent is going to come. There's no uh, reason to expect that, that we'll have anything super expensive occur in our life, that will be the exact moment that something like that finally happens, right? Ultimately, if you can cut out, you know, eating out, if you can cut out doing some of the elective things in your life, right, limit some of your entertainment expenses, all those types of things, uh, that can increase your savings dramatically and do so in a very quick way. A lot of us don't realize how much money we are spending on entertainment, on food, uh, on some of our you know subscriptions or, or whatever else, right? And if we can cut some of those things and get back to kind of a bare bones budget for some period of time, uh, then that would be absolutely fantastic. And you know, a lot of uh, you know this cutting expenses and uh, reevaluating your budget, a big help that we can ultimately find uh, might be in our investments. Now, I'm not suggesting that we stop investing for some long period of time, right? But let's just think logically. Let's think through the financial action plan. What do I tell you to do? I tell you to uh, uniquely budget each month, right? Good. I tell you to get one month's worth of household expenses in an emergency fund, okay? I tell you if you have a match offered to you by your employer in an employer-sponsored retirement account, 401k, 403b, just take the match, no more, no less, okay? Then I tell you get out of debt, all right? And then I say four to six months of household expenses in an emergency fund, and then we get to investing at least 15% of our income. So I would even suggest, right, uh, if you can do it quickly, right, if you can rebuild your emergency fund in a quick way um, to cut your investing for some period of time, right? Uh, because a lot of the money that we end up investing is not money that we can quickly get our hands on, especially if it's going into an employer-sponsored retirement account. Because if you're putting money into a brokerage account, yes, you could get that money back out. Uh, now there may be tax implications to doing so, or uh, you, know, you may get that money out and you've taken some loss, uh, so you're getting out less than you've put in over some short period of time, right? So that, that's a possibility as well. Uh, but you could get your hands on that money, um, you know, just like with even a Roth IRA, right? The, those contributions, you can al always get out tax-free. Now, we shouldn't be relying on getting those contributions out, but I'm saying it's possible, right? But if you're putting money into a traditional IRA, you're putting money into any type of 401k, getting that money out is going to be 
a pain and it's going to be costly, right? So we need to make sure uh, that any money that we are investing that we're willing to put away for some long period of time. Uh, and if you're not willing to do so, then maybe we should cut for at least you know a month, maybe two, just to get back to the place where we actually have uh, our emergency fund built to where we want it to be, okay? Now, another thing that we can do uh, in order to rebuild our emergency savings is to focus on saving every day, right? Uh, so when you need to save money as quickly as possible, using everyday saving strategies that you may not have needed when your accounts were flush can be useful, right? So this may include uh, things like, you know, using coupons for groceries or turning off the lights and appliances when you're not using them, limiting the fuel consumption uh, by, you know, avoiding unnecessary trips in your vehicle, right? Uh, any way that you can go about saving a few dollars here and there uh, can be valuable. Now, ultimately, that type of thing is not going to add up too much, right? It can, it can add up over the course of a few months, but ultimately, we want to rebuild uh, our, our savings, our emergency savings, as quickly as we can. So something that I think is valuable here if we're focusing on saving every single day uh, would be to understand what your savings goal ultimately is uh, and then break that down into some daily amount that you can put away or some daily amount uh, that you can set aside. And I think that can be uh, very valuable, right? To say, okay, every day uh, I'm going to put away, you know, X amount of dollars, right? If you're looking to, um, you know, let's say you need to come up with, let's say $3,000, right, uh, into your emergency fund. If you need $3,000 more, then break that down into, you know, maybe it's not a month, maybe it's a few months, right? But break that down into a daily amount and then, you know, maybe make those transfers on a weekly basis or however often your bank will allow you to do so and just focus on that daily savings, that putting money away every single day and that will build up over time just like anything else just like your investing life right uh, just putting away small amounts systematically over long periods of time will get you to where you want to be right it's taking small bites uh one after another not just taking really big bites right i know we all can can uh relate to that right we can all relate to the idea of having something that you really want to eat let's say a burger right um, and if you just went in and took the biggest bite of that burger that you could, it's going to be very difficult to swallow that huge bite, right? But if you took a bunch of normal to smaller size bites and just did it at a regular pace, uh, then you would be able to, to, you know, get through that burger with a lot less pain, um, and a lot more enjoyment. And so we should think the same way with our savings, do it systematically, do it consistently over time. Uh, and there will be a lot less pain and a lot more consistency in being able uh, to build up the emergency fund uh, that we had previously depleted. Now, something else that we can do uh, in order to build up our emergency savings um, and you know make sure that we can get back on track in our financial life and have our financial foundation set uh, is to sell unused household items, right? Uh, so this can be a very good source of cash, especially in the short term, right? Find things that you aren't using, maybe even expensive things that you aren't using uh, or that you don't need and sell them, right? Uh, and see how quickly you can get that cash built back up, right? This speaks to one, the immediacy and importance uh, of, you know, getting the emergency fund rebuilt, but it also speaks to this idea of uh, getting rid of things that you absolutely don't need, right? So this can kind of serve a dual purpose in our financial lives as well, right? 
Um, so take a look around your house for quick sources of cash, right? A good way to generate a decent chunk of change quickly is to have a yard sale, sell some items on Craigslist, whatever, right? This can provide a little breathing room without too much effort or stress. And that's something else that's really valuable about doing this is that you can sell a couple of big things uh, and then, you know, be perfectly fine on the other side and, and not have to worry uh, too much because now you've got these big chunks uh, of money that have come in, right? There are so many things uh, that I can think of that, that people may have around their home, whether it's pieces of furniture, whether it's technology, uh, whatever it may be, right? Don't be afraid to put that thing up on Craigslist. Don't be afraid to put that uh, thing out in the front yard uh, and sell it and get the cash for it. And then guess what? One of these days, if you just miss it so much, uh, one of these days when your financial life gets back to where it should be, then by all means, go out and buy you another one, right? Uh, but as long as we are struggling to have any emergency savings, struggling to have uh, any financial foundation built up, then we need to do whatever we can uh, to get to the point that we you know, have this financial buffer, that we have our savings rebuilt. Now, uh, the final thing that I'm going to leave you guys with, the final thing that I think you can do in order to rebuild your emergency savings quickly would be to find some side gig, right? Uh, it never hurts to go to work. Uh, consider taking on a part-time job until you get your finances back to where you want them. Not only will working extra hours generate additional income, it will severely cut your entertainment expenses, right? So again, something that serves a dual purpose. The more that you're working, the less time you're spending, um, you know, purchasing other things, right? We get bored and we start buying stuff or we get bored and we start going places and eating out and spending money and all this type of stuff. But it's, it's hard to get bored when you're at work, right? When you're working overtime, when you're working extra hours, when you're uh, working a new job, it's hard to get bored and it's hard to go about uh, spending extra money in those places when uh, quite to the contrary, you're not going to be spending extra money. You're going to be making extra money, which is exactly what you need in order to build up your emergency savings. So working two jobs, freelancing or otherwise, using your free time to earn extra money can be exhausting, but it's a very effective way to rebuild your savings quickly, right? I would suggest uh, that this is probably the fastest um, of these methods in order to uh, get your savings rebuilt. Because the truth of the matter is, how much can you actually cut your budget uh, especially if you've already been budgeting, how much can you actually cut your budget uh, or cut your expenses in a given month, right? Um, how much extra can you save in a given day? How much um, do you have around your house that's just, you know, useless stuff that, that can be sold for big profits, right? Uh, but ultimately, we can all find um, side jobs. We can all find some side gig to go into and make money one way or another, right? And this will allow us, again, to reduce expenses by not having all that extra time to increase those, ex those expenses uh, and also uh, spend a lot of time making more money on top of the income that we would already be bringing in, right? So this is a very effective way uh, to go about doing this. And it can show me how serious you are about it, right? If you're not serious about it at all, uh, then this may not be something that you um, want to do. But if you know the importance of the emergency savings, the emergency fund, uh, then this may be a step that you would take for a particular period of time. Again, this is not permanent, right? Doing this for uh, some permanent temporary amount of time 
uh, until you get your uh, savings rebuilt. And then maybe you find that it can help you to kickstart your financial life in other ways for some uh, period of time. But this is not something you want to do forever, uh, but it can be a really good way to get where you want to get to quickly, right? So ultimately, we need to resist this temptation uh, to splurge or impulsively buy things that we don't need. And any in, and any windfall that we may receive, like a tax refund or whatever else, should be used to fortify uh, those emergency savings as quickly as possible, right? I cannot understate to you the importance, the security uh, that is brought by the um, you know strength of your finances that is predicated on the emergency fund and having uh, emergency savings behind you, right? Um, it can keep you out of debt and it can keep you in good places in your financial life, right? But it takes uh, some intentionality. It takes uh, some rebuilding sometimes when things have gone awry, right? But it's very, very important that if you do use up your emergency savings, that you quickly uh, get back on the horse, get back uh, to saving up that money again, um, and making sure that you can uh, emergency-proof your life in a reasonable way. Could anybody expect that a pandemic would hit? Absolutely not, right? Uh, but what we could expect is that bad things can happen, right? Uh, and that bad things can be quite costly. And so if we want to stay out of debt, if we want to stay uh, in the plus in our financial situation, then we will have an emergency savings. We will continue to walk down the financial action plan uh, and we will do things day by day to make sure that our financial lives get stronger and stronger. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.